KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. And carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Good morning to you. Sherry Brown again. One last time for Teresa Tamio, who's on vacation right now. Hopefully she's somewhere working on her tan, right? <laughs> Soaking up some of that sun. And not much sun is available here in the U.S. There are a lot of places still suffering from frigid temperatures and lots of winter weather. Things are starting to get a little better in Texas, but need to keep them in our prayers. Coming up on the show today, well, we're going to be checking in with Doug Keck, President and CEO of EWTN and Lent and Easter obviously big important times for the church consequently they are big and important at EWTN so we'll find out what's happening there and then later on this hour we're going to be talking with Vicki Harrow from Maria Regina Clary who has a wonderful website prayingforourpriest.org about some special things that uh, they are doing this year in the year of St. Joseph for Lent ways that you can pray for priests who definitely need our prayers. So I am looking forward to that. Something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is the effects of the pandemic on certain segments of our society. Some things that have been really, I don't know, the word irksome just pops up to me. (laughs) Irksome. One of the things popped up because I just read this morning on a Catholic News Agency article that... um, The governor of Maine has issued an executive order on public gatherings during the pandemic that it, he rather, rather she changed restrictions on indoor religious gatherings from 50 people total to a limit of five people for, per a thousand square feet of space. Now, what was stated about this is that it was done to help ease the restrictions on churches, but it has done just the opposite. And according to the Bishop of Portland, Bishop Dealey, he says, you know, really what this does is it actually limits people attending church because, you know, many of these communities are small and they can't really hold. (laughs) If you can only have five people for every thousand feet, then you've got a family of five, all of a sudden, you know, they've taken up a good share of your congregation. And so it's almost encouraging families not to come. And it's really, really difficult. And, you know, when you when you think about what has happened in some of the other states, California churches had to go to the Supreme Court to get their churches reopened again. And, you know, Amy Coney Barrett wrote the um, the opinion on that, and she was joined by Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And she focused on the court's decision to allow the state to enforce its ban on singing and chanting. Okay, I get that. But, you know, when you have restaurants and you have bars open, you have places open where people can take off their mask consistently to do whatever it is they do going there at a restaurant or a bar, and you close churches, it seems to me that there's something else afoot. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that it seems like there is a desire to really focus on churches because perhaps maybe they're inconvenient. You know, they you don't agree with their religion. 
um, and maybe other things nefarious to weaken the church here in the U.S. I really firmly believe that there has been um, many people, governments, state governments, local governments, who have taken advantage of the pandemic to weaken the Catholic Church in the U.S. And, you know, we really have to be on guard about that. It's very, very upsetting. So I really am blessed where I live in Nebraska. We have a Catholic governor, by the grace of God, and so, you know, he he really has done a great job in helping churches to open, to stay open. And, you know, I have seen the people at my church clean the church after Mass. It's thorough. And, you know, the spacing that we do, um, it's very, very well thought out. Masks are absolutely required in the church and there's always use of hand sanitizer and so we're you know we're cooperating with the government as much as we possibly can but in many places i know that you're suffering that you can't go to church yet you sure you can see it online but we were meant to receive the body of christ we were meant to be joined to him through his body and blood and so they can't open soon enough. Here's another thing that really, really frustrates me, and that is what's happening in nursing homes. And I was especially upset about the underreporting of nursing home deaths in New York that came out, um, I think it was earlier this week or late last week. And, you know, perhaps there's nothing nefarious there, but it seems a little dicey. It seems a little dicey when you are underreporting by 50%. And if we had known about that, if the people of New York had known about that, would they have done something different? And, you know, I know many people who work in nursing homes and many people who have their parents who live in nursing homes because that's what they have to do. And I get it. It's so important for them to have that care. But we really do throw our elderly under the bus so often. There was someone who said to me that uh, a young person, and this was another irksome thing, he said, this pandemic is like a boomer remover. And as a boomer, I was very offended, of course, and you know, tried to talk to this, this young person constructively. But I said, well, the people primarily that you're removing are not boomers. They're members of the greatest generation. Those are the people we can never, never forget. Oh, so I'm hoping that out of this comes a lot of nursing home reform. My mother at the age of 85, is she every day, not every day, close to it, it feels like every day, she says, please, you know, please don't ever put me in a nursing home. And after all the stories that I have heard, that's my goal is to never have to do that. But I know, again, so many people where that is the only option. And there are many wonderful people who try as hard as they can to care for people in nursing homes, but they're underpaid. And those are some of the jobs when people can't get any other job. You know, they'll, they can be hired on at a nursing home. And it's really something we have to take more seriously, that we have to really, really, out of this pandemic, think about it. What needs to change? And let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Seven minutes past the hour. And on this Friday, February 19th, yeah, February marching on, it is time for news. As Texas begins restoring power after a devastating week of freezing temperatures and winter storms, the state is confronting new problems, Mike Bauer reports. 
Some Texans have been lucky enough to regain power to their homes over the past 24 hours, but in a good news, bad news kind of a situation, the state is confronting overwhelmed water systems. About 13 million Texans are under a water boil advisory Friday morning. Austin Mayor Stephen Adler recognizes the advisory as yet another hardship Texans are facing. On top of all the other hard things that are that are happening. Uh, but this is something that we need to do. Leaks caused by frozen pipes have pushed the water supply to the brink. More than 700 water supply systems are impacted. To add to the nightmare, reports are people are nearing the end of their food stockpiles. Fresh produce is spoiling in dark refrigerators and grocery store shelves are rapidly emptying. I'm Mike Bauer. Texas Senator Ted Cruz is admitting it was a mistake to travel to Mexico while his state suffers from brutal winter weather. Speaking to reporters after returning from Cancun, the Republican claimed he started having second thoughts about the trip shortly after boarding his flight Wednesday. Leaving when so many Texans were hurting uh, didn't feel right, and so I I changed my return flight and and, and flew back uh, on the first available flight I could take. Cruz noted he initially planned to stay through the weekend as his daughters wanted to get out of the cold weather plaguing the Lone Star State. The trip ignited a firestorm of criticism, and Cruz says it's unfortunate it became a distraction from the suffering of Texans. Winter storms across the U.S. are forcing coronavirus vaccine shipment delays to New York. Scott Pringle reports. Well, Governor Cuomo says the federal government informed the state that nearly all doses scheduled for this week were delayed. Now, despite the delay, New York City's mega coronavirus vaccine site, Empire Outlets on Staten Island, is opening today. However, a vaccine site that was supposed to open at Martin Van Buren High School in Queens Village will not open until Sunday. The delays have forced the city to hold back on scheduling tens of thousands of vaccine appointments. The governor of South Carolina is signing a bill into law that effectively bans most abortions in the state. Governor Henry McMaster said yesterday that the new bill is meant to protect a right to life. The bill rules out abortion if a fetal heartbeat is found during an ultrasound, which typically happens about six to eight weeks into a pregnancy. Abortion advocacy groups say they'll sue to try and block the law. Half a dozen U.S. Capitol Police officers are being suspended over their actions during the violence at the Capitol building last month. Brian Shook has more. Nearly 30 others are also under investigation. Among the officers who've been suspended is one who posed for a selfie with protesters who broke into the Capitol. Former President Trump was impeached on accusations. He incited the mob by pushing them to help overturn the election results. A Florida pastor says a fire at his church could have been intentionally set. Pastor Justin Severson said a Molotov cocktail has been thrown into the Church of Jesus Christ before. The fire ignited early yesterday morning at the church in Hollywood. Firefighters were able to respond quickly and contain the fire to just the entrance of the building. The fire is under investigation. Con Edison and fire officials are trying to figure out what caused a gas explosion in the Bronx that injured at least 10 people. Scott Pringle reports. Well, this explosion happened at a three-story building on Paulding Avenue in the Parkchester section. This was yesterday afternoon. The blast cracked the structure, blew out windows, and sent debris flying across the street. A child and an adult critically injured, and these women, they were there to help a mother who was forced to toss her baby from the second floor. took my coat off, and I, she saw that the baby had something to fall on. She had to throw her daughter out the window. Well, fire officials suspect there was a gas leak, but it's unclear what led to the leak. 
U.S. Representative Bobby Rush is demanding new leadership at Chicago's Postal Service. The postmaster, postmaster trainer, resigned immediately or that she be terminated immediately. Russia's call for Postmaster Wanda Prater's ouster follows a report earlier this month by the U.S. Postal Service that found serious mismanagement at four Southside post offices. The audit showed issues at all four stations, including delayed mail, inaccurate reporting of mail conditions, improper scanning, and unsecured delivery vehicles. Bob Dole says he has stage four lung cancer. The former Kansas senator and Republican presidential candidate revealed the diagnosis yesterday and said he will begin treatment on Monday. In a statement, the 97-year-old Dole acknowledged he faces some hurdles ahead, but realizes he joins millions of Americans who face significant health challenges. And finally, NASA's most sophisticated rover, Perseverance, has landed safely on the surface of Mars. The rover originally launched from Cape Canaveral, Florida at the end of July. Perseverance has traveled nearly 300 million miles on its journey from Earth to Mars. It's going to be very interesting to see some of the pictures that it sends back. Looking forward to that. All right, coming up this hour, we'll be talking about praying for priests, something we all should really consider doing. But up next, we've got Doug Keck talking about what's happening at EWTN. Stay tuned. More to come on Catholic Connection. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. No, I didn't want to give up sin. The reason we sin is because sin is fun. But it's, it's self-love sin. But it's amazing with God's grace how easy trying to not sin it really is. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile. Everyday living. Effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Welcome back to Catholic Connection. Sherry Brownrigg in the chair, sitting in for Teresa Tamio today, who's on a well-deserved break. 
And we have with us right now Doug Keck, President, COO of EWTN, and he joins us every week at this time to highlight special EWTN programming coming soon. And Doug, I mentioned earlier in the show that, you know, this is a big season for the church. Consequently, it's a big season for EWTN. Absolutely, and, and as we uh, you know talk about some of our fine Lenten programming, we've also got some new uh, uh, programs for people to look forward to uh, coming up this Saturday. They might be saints. Our new episode with, and it focuses up on uh, Bishop Alphonse Gallegos, who hmm. was from the streets of Sacramento, and it's a miracle hunter with Michael O'Neill, which are always very popular. Uh, then Saturday night, we've got our uh, film on poly- Polycarp uh, as well. That's happening. We've got Lenten Reflections that uh, Father Cedric Pizenter is uh, putting on, and so we've got those happening as well. Especially uh, coming up this coming week, people should look for a whole six-part miniseries with our one and only Father Mitch Pacwa, shot on Poland, back to the homeland, back to his roots. It's Polish Catholic with... Father Mitch, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern every day next week, so people may want to look for that Polish Catholic. Also, a very special EW10 Live, Cardinal George Pell will join uh, Father Mitch on that Wednesday, uh, and people can look for that. And also, a very special premiere next week as well, people can look forward to on the 26th. It's I Am With You. It's a documentary all new on Carlo Acutis. Obviously, the young um, recent uh, saint, uh, blessed, I should say, Carlo Acutis, and uh, and he was very tied into Euchar- the Eucharist and Eucharistic miracles, and uh, a young man uh, a lot of people have seen as being kind of like a, a new tech um, a future saint there. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, all new, and it was produced by the great team that we had, we worked with on the... Uh, on uh, some fine documentaries and some fine movies. So it's a very, very nicely produced program. So that's next week. And you can go to EW10.com to find out about everything. And, of course, if you miss any of the programs, for the most part, you can watch them on demand on our uh, website as well. Yeah, the website always full, just chock full of resources for anyone who wants to learn more about their faith. Well, you mentioned a whole bunch of programs that we could spend an entire hour on talking but you know i'll just talk about a few of them um the documentary on carlo acutis i mean that is really amazing and if if you don't know about him friends who are listening he is blessed as doug had mentioned and and a young italian um young man who just was holy from literally his birth and he was a a genius and um, brought so many people to the faith including his mother and father and Um, you know, was diagnosed with a, a, a form of leukemia that really was not treatable and um, died very young. But, uh, but wow, that's, that's going to be wonderful. When is that coming up again? It's coming up on the 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, so people can look for that. Mm, that's going to be wonderful. You mentioned that Cardinal Pell is going to be on with um, Father Mitch, too. Right, exactly. And on EW10 Live next Wednesday. Yeah, right, EW10 Live. You know, that's that's really going to be fantastic, just to, to talk about that. If there's someone who can unpack what Cardinal Pell went through and, you know, his reflections after it, it's Father Mitch. Absolutely, and of course, uh, what's great with Father Mitch is he talks to these people, in, in a sense, at least intellectually, as an equal, if not uh, positionally in the church. As he always says, he's in, he's not in management, he's in sales. 
So uh, with that being the case, it's always interesting, his insights. And obviously, uh, Cardinal Pell will be talking about his book that came out not that long ago, which talks about really it's his journal from when he was basically imprisoned, uh, uh, wrongfully imprisoned, as we know. And most of us thought up front it was wrong. And we were happy to see that in this particular case we were proved correct. And it's amazing how God works on these things, isn't it, Doug? Because here, Cardinal Pell, um, I, you know, I mentioned before that, that God is never surprised by these things. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he could bring great good out of something like a cardinal, a holy cardinal being wrongfully imprisoned. And, you know, thankfully that, uh, that Cardinal Pell thought to, to keep this journal that now we can actually benefit right. from that. And, Absolutely, you know, and I think it's great in juxtaposition if you look at Cardinal Pell, who was innocent, um, who was charged with something he didn't do, was willing to accept um, mm-hmm. his conditions, you know, was willing to go and follow the law because that's what the law said to do, but at the same time stand up for the truth, where we have some other, let's say, a McCarrick who forever, you know, uh, never admitted to the level of actions that were going on and to this day basically uh, whatever state he's mentally uh, denies that this is really what happened and so it, it's it, it's always great that we get these examples for us to realize you can have two people who are both in this case cardinals but both of them give us a different example and we should make sure we follow the one and not the other yeah and sometimes i think in our culture too that we we often see that it looks like good doesn't win, when right. in reality, you know, it's a little more quiet. <laughs> good, right. and, good's and, win and, is disquiet. Right, exactly. And good usually takes longer to show its benefits. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? On the short term, a lot of times evil wins or takes over or does terrible things. And people say, well, look at this. This happened. The Nazis did. Yeah, but at the end of the day, all the Nazis basically ended up dead. And the leadership certainly did. And so it, in some way, there was retribution. It doesn't excuse what happened or defend what happened or even justify for the people who con- are concerned that God let it happen. But as we know, with God's permitting will, because we have free will, we are the ones who are responsible for the things we are doing. But we live in a world today of therapeutics, which basically says, whatever I do is a function of either some addiction I have or the way I was raised, and so really I'm not responsible. Right. Yeah. What a wonderful witness. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that, EWTN Live, this Wednesday night. And speaking of Father Mitch, you talked about that Polish Catholic. I see it rotating here on the website. And right. What a, what a great thing. I, is that something that he conceived of or that he said, hey, I'd like to do this? I think it was a little bit of both. You know, we have uh, multiple channels around around the around the globe, and one of them is in Poland. And so we have our P, our, our team in Poland uh, on a particular channel, and so we have the ability to do some co-productions over there, as we've done on on, on several uh, events over the years. And so this was a particular co-production we were able to shoot in Poland. Uh, you know, Father Mitch obviously is very proud of his Polish Catholic roots. And so it was a great way for him to go and spend some time, actually even have a bit of a reunion with some of his long-lost relatives. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Uh, now, was this shot before the pandemic? Yes, it was. It was It was shot last year before the pandemic. 
Exactly. Yeah. But as you know, with these things uh, and multiple, you know, television takes a while for it to be, you know, if you're talking about documentary style, it's it's the kind of thing that may take uh, a year, you know, year and a half sometimes uh longer uh, depending on, on the complexity of the program so it's it's been in the works for a while yeah well what a wonderful blessing for him that he could do something like that i would imagine you know as soon as the the idea of the project came up that he probably said oh yeah i'd love to slightly not slightly, <laughs> slightly. <laughs> <laughs> he already had his tickets uh, you know and i think you know, it, it was stocking up on his pierogies or something there on his way he, he, he was heading out the door that yeah once he got a scent that he could do this it was no stopping father mitch oh well i can't blame him yeah can't blame him at all because you know what a wonderful thing to be able to do that and i know that you know easter is coming up and and you'll be talking about that in future programs but that's also a very big time for EWTN, and no doubt you've been working on this for months. Can you give us a little sneak preview? Well, you know, as normally, you know, Holy Week is pretty busy for us. Obviously, we carry all the events out of Rome. We carry a lot of events that are coming out of Washington, D.C., and some other locations as well, along with what the uh, friars themselves uh, will be doing during Holy Week. And so the traditional kind of events we usually do will be there and we also have as we prepare for that uh you know lenten reflections as i mentioned before that will be happening and, and a lot of programs designed to help you to uh, get through lent and people can look for that as, as we build our way towards uh easter and it's, it's kind of an interesting time because i think in some ways you know we, we kind of uh ended last uh Lent with the COVID hitting us and we're mm. still in it, which is obviously surprising in a lot of ways. But certainly it's an interesting time to spend in Lent and reflection. I just talked to someone about the whole book uh, Memento Mori, and it's a good time for us to think about yeah. our uh, about death and uh, how are we're living our lives, and I think it's a Indeed. perfect Lent for this. Yeah. Well, we'll have to leave it there, but this has been Doug Keck, the president and COO of EWTN. Stay tuned. More to come on Catholic Connection. We'll be right back. Still want to get tickets for a chance to win the 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 on March 5th? Here is a great opportunity. Juanita Galindo will be at Little Angels Catholic Store in Capel on Saturday, February 20th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Anyone who purchases five car raffle tickets for $100 from Juanita that day will be given a beautiful statue of St. Joseph, courtesy of Little Angels Store in Capel. Get your five car raffle tickets and your statue on Saturday, February 20th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Little Angels Catholic Store in Capel. Hi, this is Bob Duane with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My wife, Norma, and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your mortgage situation, we can be reached by calling 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901. Hi, this is Dave Palmer. As you have likely heard, the car raffle season is here, and on March 5th, someone is going to win a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 SUV. Between now and then, we want to sell a lot of tickets. They're $25 each or five for $100, and I would really appreciate your help in selling tickets. Can I mail you 10, 20, or even 30 tickets for you to sell to your friends and family members or sell them to yourself? If you can help me, email right away davepalmer at grnonline.com. 
Are you wondering what to do with the house and need to talk with someone who can explain your options? My name is Jake, and as real estate investors, my brother Gerald and I are working to resolve real estate issues in your local area. We're proud sponsors of this great radio station. So if you're looking for an offer or simply like to explore your different choices, then our number to call is 682-317-9330, or you can simply visit us at 911myhouse.com. Welcome back to Catholic Connection. Sherry Brown Rig in for Teresa Tamio. One final day. Happy to be with you today on this Friday, first Friday in Lent, February 19th. And right now, um, we're going to be talking about praying for priests. And if you ever heard me on the show before, you know that that is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And along with a very dear friend of mine, Vicki Harrout, um, I am part of an apostolate, Maria Regina Clary, more commonly known as Praying for Our Priest. Maria Regina Clary stands for Mary, Queen of the Clergy. But um, Vicki is with me right now. Vicki, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Sherry. Good morning, listeners. Yeah, it's How great to talk. It's great to talk with you, Vicky and I. We get to see each other. Well, at least talk on a regular basis, but not very often on the radio. So, we have to elevate our conversation, Vic. There you go. There you go. Well, looking forward to it very much. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Maria Beautiful Regina. Morning. Yeah, indeed. Maria Regina Clary is really doing a lot um, this year. In fact, someone asked me the other day. They said, "I'll bet you know you're you're kind of." shut down during the pandemic and i said actually just the opposite is true there have been opportunities for us to do even more and one of them one of the things that uh, that maria regina clary is doing and in, in getting others to pray for priests is about um, a special project surrounding the year of saint joseph can you talk about that yes. I can. The year of Joseph. I don't know about you, Sherry, but I was absolutely thrilled when I heard the Holy Father announce the year of Joseph, which he did on December 8th. I think most of your listeners will know that. Uh, It was the 150th anniversary of naming St. Joseph as the patron of the Universal Church. So this holy uh, year for Joseph uh, runs through December 8th of this year. Um, and he gave us, during uh, this year, lots of opportunities for gaining a plenary indulgence to honor Joseph and uh, and to offer those plenary indulgences for other people. And so uh, so our Year of Joseph project uh, is such a simple idea. I, I just love it. And uh, so the idea is this year that we would honor St. Joseph and at the same time do a great act of mercy, really a great act of charity, uh, by encouraging people to offer the prayers and meet the conditions uh, to gain a plenary indulgence and then offer it for a deceased priest. Mm-hmm. Um, such a simple but such a profound gesture, Sherry, just so profound. Um, so that's that's kind of the, that's the crux of, of the whole thing is to be able to gain a plenary indulgence. There's lots of different ways we can talk about that, yeah. to gain the plenary indulgence. But you offer it for a deceased priest. So, since praying you know, for a priest is what we're all about. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Well, and this is a category of priests that really don't get a lot of prayer, too. There's that, that terrible phrase that has been bumping around oh, forever. I know, exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. no one more dead than a dead priest. And, you know, it's terrible. It's exactly. like, oh, my gosh. And what that means is essentially is that our loved ones, we often have masses celebrated for them. We pray for them. But often priests are forgotten. And, yeah. you know, yeah. there is... Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there are many priests in purgatory. We'd like to think that all of our priests go, you know, straight to heaven. But uh, but all of us, with our sins, you know, we're we're most of us are bound to to spend at least a little time in purgatory. And I can tell you that, you know, looking ahead to my purgatorial time, I'm going to be counting on those prayers. <laughs> so priests exactly. who are in that same exactly. boat, you know, that the they priests, are counting on are us human. to do it. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. Our priests are human, just like we are. And, and yes, they stand in the place of Jesus, but they, they are human. And and they fall just like all the rest of us. So, And you're right, who prays for priests? So, mm-hmm. yeah, indeed. And this is, indeed. as you mentioned, a great work of mercy. And you only have to Google, how do I get an indulgence in the year of St. Joseph, Joseph? And you will find so many resources. And it's really quite easy to do mm-hmm. quite yeah, easy it really to do. is it really is and several opportunities you know more than well actually several opportunities each month um to gain a plenary indulgence in that and so you could cover a so lot of priests started, <laughs> oh you know you really can't you really can't but that's the beauty of it and that so but uh as we were talking about the different priests and that and, and some people may say well i didn't know any priest really well but but you know, you still you have uh, perhaps a, a former pastor who has passed on. I think about the priest that baptized me, mm-hmm. um, and uh, or the priest that gave you your first communion or presided at your marriage. I think a lot of us can think of maybe a priest who was there at a really tough time in in uh, in your life, maybe the loss of a loved one or. Or maybe, like myself, you have a very beloved spiritual director that has been called home to the Lord. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities there. My husband and I are doing this, uh, plenary indulgence each, uh, each Wednesday. We can kind of talk about the Wednesdays a little bit. But, um, so, so what we've been doing is we each, of course, gain the indulgence, and we offer one of those indulgences for that priest in purgatory who is the farthest from heaven. Yeah. And then we offer the other one for that priest who is the nearest. So that's that's another idea for people yeah. who may not feel like they know a priest very well to to, to do the prayers, gain and the indulgence, and let the look. And let the Lord choose. Yeah, let the Lord choose. That's really beautiful because someone who yeah. you know really just has a heart for priests, and perhaps maybe mm-hmm. you've you know you finish this indulgence. Well, there are many priests out there that are not being prayed for, and God will He will find that priest. I love that idea, Vicky. That's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. and wow. it's so easy to do this. So you know, if you're hearing us right now and thinking I could do this, yeah, you could yeah. do it. Yeah. It's very yeah. very easy. Hmm. Wow. So this, you want to talk to me? Go ahead. I was just going to say I wanted to tell our listeners that this goes on through the year up until December 8th. So we have many opportunities yeah. to do this, but we really encourage you not to delay because there, there are many priests who are waiting. And Vicki, what were you yeah. going to say? I was just going to talk about the different days that we could that we can gain these indulgences. And, mm-hmm. um, 
So if we're ready to get into that, I, I'll do that. Yeah, do, please. So, yeah. So the an, an indulgence, and I wanted to start with this, the indulgences can be gained on every Wednesday. And Wednesday in the tradition of the church is always devoted to St. Joseph. And I looked, uh, trying to find the reason for that, and what it seems to be is that Wednesday is the exact center of the week. And they liken that to St. Joseph, who is the sturdy, protective center of the Holy Family. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. Um, That as Wednesday is the center of the week, Joseph uh, is that trustworthy center of the Holy Family, with his arms outstretched always to protect Jesus and Mary. So I really love that idea. So every Wednesday... uh, and then also on St. Joseph's two feast days, um, his first feast day coming up, actually before too long, uh, the husband of Mary, uh, which is on March 19th. And then we also celebrate him as St. Joseph the Worker on May the 1st. Yeah, and Vicki, so we're going to have to leave it there. Also- we're going to have to leave it there just for a few minutes here because we're up against a break. But we'll talk more about praying for priests and getting... An indulgence for them in this year of St. Joseph in just a moment. Stay with us. Three little pigs were listening to Catholic Radio on the GRN and heard that the GRN was raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250. So they went to grnonline.com, bought five tickets for $100, and waited for their name to be drawn at the end. So, who's your favorite GRN station manager? I like them all, but especially Joe McClain. Confessions at Five. Are you tired of working from home? If so, you're invited to check out Work Suites, a new sponsor of KATH 910 AM owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Work Suites is designed for professionals who desire their own workspace to get their work done. Work Suites provides amenities such as a receptionist, mail and package handling, meeting rooms, and high-speed internet. To learn more about Work Suites, you can visit worksuites.com or call 888-312-WORK. That's work, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. All young adults in North Texas are invited to the Young Catholic Professionals National Conference, The Work of Our Hands. The event takes place from Friday, April 30th through Sunday, May 2nd at the Hilton DFW Lakes Executive Conference Center in Grapevine. Join over 600 young professionals, religious, and Catholic executives from across the nation for a beautiful weekend of speakers, mass, confessions, a networking event, and a gala. To register, visit ycpconference.org. St. Francis Village is located on 250 acres on the shore of Lake Benbrook in southwest Fort Worth. You will love to live your retirement here at this secure Catholic community. If you are 62 and independent, call Mike at 817-292-5786. Walk to daily mass and participate in various activities. You can even feed the deer from your patio. Rates include utilities for cottages starting at under $900. Call Mike at 817-292-5786 to get on the wait list and to begin living at St. Francis Village.
Welcome back to Catholic Connection. Sherry Brownrigg in for Teresa Tamio. And this hour we're talking about praying for priests. Something has always been near and dear to my heart. And Vicki Harrow is with us. And she and I are both with an apostolate called Maria Regina Clary, which is Mary Queen of the Clergy. And uh, more commonly known to the folks who know us as Praying for Our Priests and the website prayingforourpriests.org. But specifically right now, during the year of St. Joseph, we are talking about the ability to get an indulgence for priests who have gone home. They have passed away, and you can do that for a priest that you love, or just any priest. Let God choose as well. And before the break, Vicki had talked about the uh, the days to do that are on Wednesdays through December 8th, and also the two feast days of St. Joseph, March 19th and May 1st. And Vicki, I have not had a chance to tell you this yet, but I've talked with several priests about the fact that we are doing this, and there was a priest friend of mine that I, I told him about this. This makes me tear up because he teared up. He teared up and he said, Aww. oh, Sherry, he said, I, I can't tell you what that means to a priest to hear that, that people would do that's this for beautiful. us. Yeah. Yeah. He oh said, I know goodness. so many oh, priests who have... my heart. I, I, mine too. He said, I know so many of my brother priests who have passed on. And he said, I don't know. You know, we're praying for them, but I don't know who else is. And he said, this is great solace. Great solace. And wow. it, Isn't it really, that beautiful? And it really illustrates, I think, you know, what's going on right now. I mean, the need for us to pray for priests in general... The pandemic has really put priests in a very, very difficult spot. And mm-hmm. someone said it really well, someone I was talking to recently, where they said priests are playing whack-a-mole now, you know, that there's just a new situation that pops up every day, trying right. to reach their flock, trying to hold on to their priestly identity, when many times, you know, from many stretches, many long stretches here where we live, you know, we've been very blessed that our churches are open again, but many places they weren't open for months they're not they're not open everywhere and and you're right and and just the stretch that they had to do to become available by live stream all of a sudden everything had to be videoed all the masses and a lot of priests were not used to that they really had to kind of put themselves out and stretch a little bit and so no i agree with you uh and even just in the general milieu today uh people don't always think of praying for our priests and so and I, I'm glad that you mentioned praying for the ones that have uh, lost their lives uh, to COVID. And yeah. some of them, uh, after having ministered to people who had COVID, then caught it themselves and, and passed on. And truly heroic. Truly yeah. heroic. Well, I know my brother, whom you know very well, he's in the Archdiocese sure. of Omaha, when the, the pandemic was raging, um, he was prevented from going into the hospital to give last rites. Yes. And yes. he he was very, I remember him calling me and he was outside the hospital and he was just in tears. And he said, I, yes. I, can't, I can't get in to give them last rites. Yes. And he said, you know, this, yes. this is, is, it grieves me more than anything he, he said I've ever felt in my priesthood. Oh, my goodness, yes, I, I understand that. I've talked to a number of priests that were prevented, and one priest in particular that I know that uh, spent much of his time uh, ministering in nursing homes, 
and is no longer allowed to go in and uh, administer to that population and and he was so sad to to be left out of that and yeah so yeah, so it's really sure. important that we that we pray for priests in general. One quick thing about the indulgence, though, um, you know, a lot of people are thinking, "Gosh, it seems like it's hard to get an indulgence." How how easy is it, Vic? <laughs> Actually, it's really pretty easy. You have to meet the general, the usual general conditions, of course, of sacramental confession, uh, receiving communion, praying for the Holy Father being detached from sin. But apart from that um, is the, the different ways that the Holy Father has given us. One of them is simply just to meditate uh, for at least 30 minutes on, on the Our Father, uh, to do or to do uh, a corporal or spiritual work of mercy for someone, uh, reciting the rosary in the family or uh, husband and wife reciting the Holy Rosary together, um, praying the litany of St. Joseph or any any approved prayer or act of piety in honor of St. Joseph. So very simple, very simple ways. And I believe you had a, um, a website that people can go to and they can get ideas for uh, the simple things that one can do, but it's not difficult at all. Yearofstjoseph.org is the one that I've been looking at, and Saint is S-T, so yearofstjoseph.org. Uh, but it does spell it out there and really encourage you to think about doing this. Yeah, it's lovely. Now, Maria Regina Clary is actually doing a lot of other things as well. Can you talk about some of those? Um, sure. Just um, a couple of things that I would, would really want to mention, uh, of course, uh, another great devotion to offer for our priests, uh, living or deceased, is to make the Stations of the Cross for them. And uh, so we have uh, meditations on the priesthood for the Stations of the Cross, and we'll be going uh, live on Facebook from our Facebook page, Praying for Our Priests, every Friday, again during Lent, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, that's Central Time, 5 o'clock Central Time, and you, I believe, Sherry, will be the one that will be leading <laughs> be the Stations it. of the Cross. Today, yes. So you'll yes. be our, our hostess with the mostest on the Stations <laughs> for the Stations of the Cross. But what a great, what a beautiful, beautiful um, uh, offering for our priests. Um, yeah. Very, very... I do, one. So, I do want to mention quickly yeah, that ahead. that is through Facebook. That, so if you just go on to our, yeah. our Facebook page, if mm-hmm. you just go on Facebook, search for Praying for Our Priests, you can find us there. And if you like us or follow us, then that should uh, pop up in your feed, or you can just go over to the Facebook page. So, yeah, it yeah, is a very sure. important thing. Yes, so 5 o'clock p.m. Uh, every Friday, Central Time, every Friday during Lent. So we'll be leading those Except maybe Good Friday. But she wasn't sure mm-hmm. if you were leading for Good Friday. Probably um, not on Good Friday. One, yeah, yeah. Um, another one is that uh, we offer the um, the first Friday, our first Friday holy hours for priests, and that again is being live streamed from our Facebook page, as you mentioned, praying for our priests. And that happens uh, on first Friday of the month at seven o'clock p.m. Again, more Central Time. Uh, we are live uh, with exposition of the Blessed Sacrament and all the rosary and prayers for priests, and then benediction. Um, that's uh, also a very beautiful way to pray. And we can, we're live from a beautiful chapel here in the Omaha area, and 
uh, people have really enjoyed, it seems, uh, joining us for that. So we really encourage people to join us every first Friday. That so has gotten a lot of people who have been part of that, you know, a lot of people watching. And it's interesting because we used to do these First Friday Holy Hours. Well, you would do the Holy Hours the First Friday, but we used to do some Holy Hours in churches. And now yeah. that the pandemic, you know, has forced us to go online, it's actually allowed more people to participate. And so it's been really just wonderful. We have people from all over the world who are participating in those yeah. Holy Hours. And for each of these things, I know right now, on our Facebook page, I'm looking at it. There is a, <clears throat> excuse me, a post where if you can't be there at five o'clock central today, it's okay. Post the name of the priest that you would like us to pray for, and we will mention sure. his name during the prayers. And you can certainly join oh, in nice. and actually um, give the name of the priest while the prayers are going on, and I will mention those as well. So it's just a great way for people to get their priest prayed for right then and there. Exactly, and the nice thing these the first Friday holy hours for priests. Again, as you say, the pandemic has uh, kind of forced us to to find new avenues to do things, and and so that those first Friday holy hours started back in two thousand six. So we're we're yeah. entering our sixteenth <laughs> year of doing uh, those first Friday holy hours, and and uh, I don't think any of us could have foreseen that we would be live on Facebook. <laughs> doing these at this time but you're right it allows so many more people to join us and and you're right and people are joining us from all over the world to to pray for their priests so it's really a beautiful beautiful thing another way that our lord brings good out of out of yeah. something that is not so good yeah um, indeed well vicky let's talk a little bit about the materials that are used during these first friday holy hours and stations of the cross marie regina clary has put out some wonderful books and cds tell us about those right so we have a couple of books one of them is the uh our kind of our staple book if you want to call it that it's called praying for our priests a guide for praying for the priesthood, a union with Mary, Queen of the Clergy. Um, and that book has the meditations for the rosary, and it also has a format for making a holy hour with exposition or uh, without exposition, either, either way. Um, and then it also has the meditations for the Stations of the Cross in it, so people can uh, order the booklet and use that to make the Stations of the Cross on their own. Um, we also have a little book called Praying for Vocations. So part of our mission, of course, is to also to be praying along with our prayers for the ministerial priesthood to pray for vocations for the priesthood in consecrated life. And so the meditations in that book are for vocations. So we have those two books, and then we also have all of the prayers in those two books are can be found on our CDs as well. So we have Praying for a Priest. Uh, the rosary, uh, the CD rosary, and then we have the station to the cross on a CD, and we have uh, the rosary for vocations on another CD. Yeah. So, and any of those can be uh, ordered from our website, prayingforourpriests.org. Prayingforourpriests.org, and by the way, these are mm-hmm. um, basically just for available for a free will donation, so please do get those resources, please. Do pray for your priests. And by the way, when you go to our website, you'll see that uh, there's not a lot of information about the things that we have been talking about, except the books. 
We're looking for a webmaster, so <laughs> that's all coming. But you can go to our Facebook page and you'll find out all the information you need about getting an indulgence in the year of St. Joseph for those priests who have gone on to their final reward. And Vicki, I can't thank you enough for being with us today. It's so it's great to have always, you. It's just a joy to be with you, Sherry. It absolutely is a joy and a joy to be with your listeners as well talking about something that's very near and dear to our hearts yes praying oh, for indeed. our priests yeah indeed. all right yeah. so the website is prayingforourpriests.org or you can find praying for our priests on facebook and find all the information there we'll be right back on catholic connection this ave maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit cmf curo if you're facing uncertainty with your current health care plan now is the time to join cmf curo you can join any time during the year and CMF Curo offers flexible Catholic health care solutions for individuals, families, and employers. CMF Curo is your personal health care advocate. Contact them today at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. The EWTN home video highlight for February is Lourdes with the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word. Go on pilgrimage with Father Joseph Mary Wolf and Father John Paul Mary Zeller to the healing waters of Lourdes, where St. Bernadette first encountered Our Lady and where all are now called to conversion. Order your DVD set at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week or call 1-800-854-6316. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Over the last 50 years, we've had some of the greatest popes since the Reformation era. So why are things such a mess in American Catholicism? How do we analyze and confront the attacks we're facing? How do we identify wolves in sheep's clothing? How do we re-evangelize the baptized? Dr. Ralph Martin makes sense of a church in crisis and shows pathways forward. He'll make sense of a disordered world. Go to AveMariaRadio.net and you'll find it in our online bookstore. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Welcome back to Catholic Connection. Just a few minutes left. Sherry Brownrigg here, Teresa Tamio, back on Monday. And hopefully she's enjoying some sun right now, working on that suntan, <laughs> indeed. What a great conversation with Vicki Harrow about praying for priests and something that is so near and dear to my heart. I have a brother who's a priest, Father Anthony, and he's my little brother, nine years younger than me, and I just love him to death. And he is one of those priests who just pours himself out for everyone, for his, his parish for everyone that he works with and he he is the pastor at a predominantly hispanic parish and he loves his parishioners and they love him during the pandemic it was quite interesting because there were restrictions of course on well we're still in the pandemic but i mean in the early days when many of the churches were shut down that there were so many restrictions on um 
how many people could be there, but he could not keep his parishioners away from Mass. They had to add more Mass times and, and put them in different places so that they would be socially distant, but he said, everybody still wants to come to Mass. And I I was so overjoyed to hear that. What a blessing. But, you know, it, it has been tough on priests like him and so many. So many of them are struggling to really live out basically their ministry, their their pastoral gifts, what God has called them to. And they need your prayers. So please do pray for them. Join me this afternoon at 5 p.m. Central on our Facebook page, Praying for Our Priests. Uh, as we pray the Stations of the Cross for priests, or you can get that indulgence in the year of St. Joseph for a priest who has passed away, or just in general, pray. Yeah, it's so important that you do that. Our priests are the people who give us the body of Christ, and the only ones who can do that. Do they need our prayers? You bet, because we need Jesus, and because they have given themselves to us. Thanks for letting me talk to you today. Have a wonderful weekend. I hope we'll get a chance to talk again soon. Sherry Brownrigg in for Teresa Tamio. God bless. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. The Diocese of Dallas will continue to broadcast the celebration of the Holy Mass on Sundays for those who are not able to participate in person at their parish. The Mass is now being broadcast in English at 11 a.m. with a repeat at 12 noon on Channel 27 and each Sunday at 8 a.m. in Spanish on Univision Channel 23. For updates on the broadcast of the Mass and other news and information from the Dallas Diocese, please visit cathedal.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Kyle Eberlein, a prisoner at Good Shepherd Catholic Community in Colleyville. Our office is a proud sponsor of KTH 910 AM, and we fully support the mission of Catholic Radio and how it positively impacts our community. We live our faith at home and at work, so if you're in need of dental care, we would love to serve you and your family. You can visit us online at midcitiesdental.com or call us at 817-282-9321. St. Apollonia, pray for us. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary, most.
most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 